0: Do you oh suffer with any vinsonitis? Do you need to feel the neck and touch all the strings? finger them just so. If so, you may have any Vincenitis. This, this is Mad hey this is matt from metal nerdery follow us on facebook and instagram like us share us with a friend we are at metal nerdery podcast that is at metal nerdery podcast you can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash episodes nerd out welcome back to the fantabulous force that is known as metal nerdery me and the gents are here today to talk about nineteen eighty.
1: Yeah. I was year. six years old. I was eight.
2: I was seven.
0: I was the oldest, I win.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, just I was the seven and eight. to death.
1: Yeah, a lot of people said uh, say that nineteen eighty was one of the most important years in metal.
0: I certainly think it was a turning point for sure, because it it took the yeah, you know, we all know Sabbath's place in metal in the 70s. And, of course, you had stuff like Deep Purple. And then you had, like, the beginning of things moving in a different direction, like with Overkill, not Overkill, Butterhead. And Priest. And, and priest, priest was around, yeah. And, yeah. well, Priest was around in the 70s. But then their, their sound evolved into the 80s. So the 80s same 1980s. with the Scorpions.
1: Scorpions in the 70s is totally different than
0: Scorpions.
1: Scorpions in the, uh,
0: in the 80s. Yeah, totally different. That's when they changed, right? Yeah, in 80s. Yeah. They got more of that eighties yeah. kinda of, well, they kinda of had that almost weird hair metal ish. Not really, you know what I mean? Kind of like a little bit of hair metal, but not not like not like break out the, you know, the whore paint, but I'm talking about, you know, they had that hair metal element. Whore <laughs> paint. I said whore paint. Yeah. That's when the horrors come out. Well, let's be honest. Let's look at poison, so it could talk dirty to me. Come on. Yeah,
1: that's one of those album covers where I Somebody that didn't know anybody would look at it and be like, man, that's some good-looking
0: chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Hey, <son>. now. <laughs> that's the drummer. Help me, please. <laughs> get me out of here. But yeah, 1980, I think things started to change. I mean, obviously, you know, the environment was changing. We we're out of the 70s, and what Vietnam was long since over. You had Reagan coming in. But musically, things started to get – I think they started to get heavier, like starting in 1980. I mean, just yeah, just to yeah. look at some of the bands that formed in 1980, that alone tells you where we were headed. Yeah, I mean, you had Exodus and Wow, Metal Church, Overkill, Man of War. That was probably before they actually had the skins. They were probably still in leather at that point. Yeah, Man but,
1: of War is uh, <laughs> they had worked up the skins. I'm, man, we'll we'll discuss this later. But Man of War is Black Sabbath's fault. Really, Black Sabbath is responsible <laughs> for. Uh, Unleashing the loincloths of Man of War <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, loincloths yeah. of Man
1: of War <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that later That's the instrumental song Oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Loincloths
0: <laughs> Yeah Oh, Ozzy's solo career started in 1980 Absolutely The Year of the Roads Overkill Very nice Sacred Rite That's R-I-T-E Not R-E-I-C-H That's that- a different uh, I know That had to have been been uh, Disappointing yeah, that was a band from Hawaii. Really? Hawaii. Volcano metal, I guess. <laughs> Volcano metal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the luau metal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, we got it right
3: here. Yeah, come backstage our show. We got a great big barbecue pig with an apple in its face. What?
0: I guess that's what they sound like in Hawaii.
1: Yeah. There's some other bands that I... Yeah, King's X, uh,
0: Loudness. Loudness. They were, like, they were like big in Japan. I always get the impression that like all these bands that are huge in their home countries everybody refers to them as like oh yeah man they're like the Metallica of Japan <laughs> it's like really is it because your country's just not that great or hey or, no or that no I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way but I'm saying like you go straight for Metallica how come where's you know like how come Loudness isn't like Japan's Slayer
2: yeah or Forbidden see what I'm
0: saying exactly or Japan's <laughs> yeah. Forbidden that'd be even Black, better Black Sabbath yeah anyway sorry tangent moment like. yeah even uh vixen vixen
1: started mm. back in 1980
2: white sister? Yeah, oh, white sister white sister to go
1: along with white lion and white Sister. never heard of white sister. white snake
2: i have a sister that's white
3: she wrote for him for a while <laughs> yeah we used to do toys with them with white sister back in the day uh I, that was back when i was playing like uh the pocket lot at strip clubs it was really cool anyway back to you guys Glad you can make it, Millie. Uh, Anytime. Any
1: any uh, I almost thought you were uh, might not be here today. No, I was over on the couch. I was sleeping. <laughs> Too much Sleep, coke last night. It was a hot night. Sleeping one off, eh?
3: Yeah, I drank like five liters of coke. It was a really hot <laughs> night for me. I, I've been pissed all night long. It's like Celtic Frost has been on repeat. <laughs> anyway. It's yeah, that's, that's
0: not good for your skin, you
3: know. Anyway, I, I, I'll be back. i got to go take a leak. Back to you guys. <laughs>
0: fix Fixa must have been like what fifteen when they formed in nineteen eighty. I don't know. I mean, they were all pretty hot. So that was yeah. Let's see. Let's get into creepy old man mode. Well, I don't know. Here it says they formed in nineteen seventy four. So no, I don't, I don't know. know. That was in Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm curious. See, find one of the find one of the girls and give me her birth date.
1: Roxy Prochurchy,
0: not to be uh, confused with ah. uh, John. Wow, okay, 1962. So she was, they were, like, legal. They are right at <laughs> legal. That's what you're worried about, huh? You know, I didn't know maybe if they might be, like, the death angel.
1: If of- I was a male groupie back in the 70s in Minnesota, <laughs> could I have gotten
0: with... A male groupie.
1: Could I have gotten with the drummer from Vixen, you know I mean? A male groupie. That's what groupie. you're worried about, huh? Isn't a
0: male groupie just a roadie?
1: Hey, she was in a band called Rocktopus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's not right. Yeah, she's... Rocktopus, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Hey y'all, come on down here to the Barbecue Rib Lounge on Cutler Boulevard. We got Rocktopus coming out next Saturday, and uh, Millie and Creator are also going to be headlining. They're, they're going to be at the salad bar. Y'all come out; it's going to be a great show. The a... Rocktopus, <laughs> <at> Cutler <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> Kind of things you learn uh, on Metal Nerdery. Or Octopus. And you nerd out with us. Yeah, Led Zeppelin disbanded in 1980. I don't think that was by choice. No, no, that was,
1: yeah. John Bonham
0: died, so. I think John Bonham had about as many shots as there were members in Black Sabbath. I think that's what actually killed him. I think it was something like 44 shots of vodka. Oh, God. Yowza. And I'm thinking, you know, I've done maybe like seven or eight in a couple of hours, but, you know, 44 Seven or eight, that was blackout. So, 44, yeah. he must have been, like, in the black hole of the universe somewhere. Anyway, that's, that's when Blood Zeppelin disbanded. Reformed bands. Steppenwolf.
1: Not really metal, but they're supposedly one of the uh, first bands that ever mentioned heavy metal in a the song.
0: So. They mentioned heavy metal thunder. That's, wrong. that's right. And they were clearly not talking about Gene Simmons of Kiss, the <laughs> god of thunder. <laughs> Sorry, Gene. I couldn't help myself. Reform Bands, Black Sabbath. Oh, yes, with Dio. That was the year of the Heaven and Hell release. A classic by any stretch. I would almost argue that's probably. That's like a good intro. To me, that almost kind of has the same magic of like the very first Sabbath, but in the Dio space. It's got the same kind of darker feel, and it's got that same kind of uncharted where the fuck is this going kind of thing? You know right. what I mean? Yep. And it was cool. I mean, a lot of... A uh, buddy of mine on Facebook was saying that he thought that Dio made Black Sabbath sound too much like Rainbow. And I don't necessarily think he made it really sound that much like Rainbow, but I you know, I, I think, like Adam had said before, you know, Dio is an unstoppable force. Anything he puts his finger on, there's going to be an influence. Sure, yeah. A little. But, some, but the Heaven and Hell stuff, I thought it was really...
1: Di- well, I mean, their music, the music changed stylistically, too. It was yeah. a little more straight-ahead yeah. rock, if you want to say, you know. I mean, it was yeah. it was definitely different than the... He composite. had some different riffs, yeah.
0: though, too, like, even... It wasn't some, as dark. But it was in a different way. Like, it had that level of darkness. It still had it there, but Like, with the but, sorcery and castles and dragons and right. Dio shit, you know, that kind of unicorns. stuff. Unicorns. I don't know if you ever sang about unicorns. <laughs> you sang about rainbows. That's pretty close. It's like a unicorn fart, yes. so... It'll be a, Right. right. Do you what? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Yep. Exactly. Mostly. Uh, and do we do we want to over over jizz by talking about how also in 1980 Black Sabbath released Live at Last, which at that point was the only Aussie live offering of Black Sabbath that was available, and it was released again, 32 years later or 22 years later. Sorry, I suck at math. 2002, 22 years later. Yep, Matt sucks at math. But they re released it later on the Black Sabbath Live at Last. So, sorry, nerd moment and bad math moment. Carry on. Nerd and bad
2: math. I don't know if that goes together. <laughs> yeah, that's not.
0: Yeah. Well, look, accountants can be shitty at balancing their checkbooks, so nerds can be bad at math. I think that's a reasonable <clears throat> assumption. Kind of like mechanics ride around in giant pieces of shit a lot of the time. <laughs> I've
1: noticed. I've worked with a lot of them over the years. and. They ride around in kind of like Adam Sandler's piece of shit car. So. Sounds like a, sounds like an applicable analogy.
0: That's totally uh, there big. you
1: go. Might be bad at math, but you're good at words.
0: I do what I can.
1: Like tangentially
0: or whatever yeah. the hell you said last time. I got an 800 on the SAT. 200—that's just putting my name on it. Totally zeroed out the math part, but I nailed the uh, the language part. Iron Maiden's first came out that year. Yeah, a lot of good albums came out.
1: Back in Black, Heaven and Hell. Diamond Head. Yep.
0: The Ace of Spades. British Steel, Steel,
1: which I actually got on vinyl uh, yesterday.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Is that a tasty little acquisition at a record shop somewhere? Uh, Kiss Unmasked. (laughs) Shandy! Crocus. I kind of like Crocus. Crocus was one of those... I guess, what were they, like Switzerland's ACDC? Yeah, pretty much. But they were kind of more proggy in a way-ish, maybe, maybe?
1: Well, actually, I think between Bon Scott and Brian Johnson, they actually reached out to whatever his name is, the singer from Crocus. They were trying to get him to come
0: sing for uh, ACDC, yeah. Mark. It's Mark something. Story or something like that? It's Mark. There's an unusual last name, but I think it's Mark something. But he would have been a good fit for him, but and I'm sure now he's probably looking back. Like, you know, uh, Mark Storus. Storis, right. yeah, it's close. Look at the Very brain
2: close.
0: on. Adam, Bradam, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a hybrid of Adam and Brad. I just made it up. Bradam a uh, Fernando von Arb. Yeah, Fer- Fernando, Fernando, Fernando. Uh, yeah, Motorhead, Ace of Spades. You know, I still can't believe that that was 1980. It's crazy. Because back, look, looking back, I mean, that still holds up today, but that's just the song, Ace of Spades. It's a badass fucking song. Yes. So
1: one in thing, 1980, uh, that
0: would have been mind blowing.
1: One thing I uh, thought was interesting going through a lot of this is a lot of, uh, it seems like a lot of southern rock kind of got lumped in with the uh, some of this metal stuff. I mean, you got like uh, Blackfoot, uh, Molly Hatchet. I mean, even for it wasn't really southern rock, but Ted Nugentson kind of lumped in with it. You know, Ted which,
0: Nugent's kind of almost in a category all his own. I mean, he's rock, but yeah, it's rock and roll. He definitely has the right. Uh, right. He's got the little bit of uh, the, the infusion of metal insanity somewhere in there, but sure, yeah, it's his damn Yankees cred anyway. I never really listened to Budgie,
1: but I know they've kind of influenced a lot of. Uh, the bands we listen to, but I like the name of this one. If Swallowed, Do Not Induce Vomiting.
0: <laughs> Catchy.
3: Hmm. wonder what they're talking about
0: there. <laughs> Diamondhead, Lightning to the Nations.
1: And you got Gillen of a uh, former Deep Purple.
0: Or Deep Sabbath. Depending or Deep on Sabbath. Or yeah. Purple,
1: Black Purple. Gary Moore had an album
0: out. Did time with Thin Lizzie and lots of others. Oh, there was a Samson album. For you metal nerds out there, Samson was Bruce Dickinson's band pre-Maiden. That's right. And of course you have Saxon, Wheels of Steel. Some of this stuff we I've never, I think I've seen like a Saxon video and I almost sort of felt a little dirty. I don't know. It was weird because it was like I, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like during that time to be like into Saxon. You didn't touch yourself, did you? Gross. No, I I feel weird that way other times, but not not when I'm listening to Saxon. Let's just be clear. I take a piss when Celtic Frost comes on, and I do not jerk off when Saxon comes on. Now it's out there. We can move on. But, yeah, Saxon just kind of never,
1: I don't know. They never really did it for me. I've tried to listen to them several times over the years, and it's just, I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can respect what they did for metal, but I'm just, eh. Now Triumph, I always thought Triumph should have been bigger than they were. I never really listened to them. I know the name. Obviously. Well, they were Canadian, uh, and they kind of had yeah. sort of that progish ish They were rock, but they kind of had like prog rock kind of elements. But I always thought, like I always thought, it'd be really cool for like you know, Dream Theater to do like a Triumph cover, like fight the good fight or something. That would well, be well,
1: Dream Theater they, they could asshole. easily just do a whole album
0: as a you know. That's true. They could do that because they have done that. Maybe yeah, they will do that's that. That's what I'm saying. Couldn't
1: be. Yeah, they did a cut. They Dream Theater used to do, like,
0: full albums live. Like, they would do Master Puppets in its entirety. They did Number Dark of the Side Beast. Of the Moon, Number of the Beast. Really? Yeah, yeah, they would just play the whole album. Like, no big deal.
1: Huh? And some of it was cool, wow, man. On your like asses, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. No <laughs> like, doubt. when they did
0: uh, Number <laughs> of the Beast, they did, like, um, Gangland was totally different. Really? It almost had, like, this kind of jazzy, bluesy swing kind of thing to it. It's really... You'll have to hear it. It's it's really fucking cool. It's awesome. totally different than the original. Yeah, I've heard a lot cool. of
1: people talk about Gangland. That they don't. They're like, ah, that song shouldn't have been on the album. But I always liked that one. I don't oh, know yeah. why. That yeah, little okay. drum intro, that little swinging thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that's 1982. Why are we talking about that?
0: Because you can't help but time travel <laughs> when you're talking about metal. That's right. It's like a black hole vortex of metal goodness. You've Got another
1: catchy album title here: The Blue Oyster Cult. Cultosaurus erectus.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: not sure what that's all about, but uh, I think that's probably what happens when you put a marshal to eleven, <laughs> or when you put a mesa on about six. Shit, four. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're totally right. I way overestimated on that. Rush. Oh yeah, that was like permanent waves. That was when they got away from all the the they finally hit their wall with like the uber proggy stuff. So if you want like an analogy, I guess it'd be like, you know, going from and justice to the black album. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, that was still more proggy, but I mean, they got away from, I mean, the album before that was hemispheres and once one side was a song. So they finally hit the wall on super uh, prog shit. Right. And they're like, all right, we got to scale it back. Yeah. And Blizzard of Oz was huge. Of course. Yeah, That kind of, you know, what's weird. I, I think Ozzy's solo stuff and Dio's solo stuff. I know Dio didn't have any solo shit out in 1980, but just thinking about Blizzard of Oz and like when you go to the record store and you'd see it and you'd see the cover and you're thinking, is this dude possessed by Satan? What the (laughs) fuck's wrong with him? And then you'd hear it and then you'd listen to the words and it was like, it was like a darker kind of thing than what was happening, even like in the 70s with Sabbath. Like as a kid listening to that, it was like, what's this dude talking about, man? He sounds it's like, oh, he bites the heads off animals and stuff. Don't you know? Oopsie. That explains a lot. The Van Halen. Yeah, a little Van first.
1: Halen down there. A little White Snake. Another band with white in the name, White Spirit. That band, White Spirit, had uh, Janet Gers in it. Ah, the Future Maiden of uh, Yeah, Maiden. So I kind of thought that was interesting.
0: I bet they opened for Samson.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did a parking lot show with White Spirit last year. It was really cool. Love those guys.
1: It was like the time I saw Danzig open for himself and Sam Hain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Open for himself. Yeah. That Sam, would be weird. Yeah,
1: Sam Hain open for Danzig. <laughs> so, you know. I think I'd rather see SOD open for Anthrax. But the, the funny thing was Prong opened for Sam Hain and Danzig, and that's when the guitar player from Prong, Tommy Victor, was playing in Danzig. So he played He opened the show with Prong, (laughs) and then he came back out, opened for Danzig with Sam Hain, and then he came out and headline with Danzig. Jesus. He played all three sets that night. He must have been exhausted
0: after that. No, he was going paycheck. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Paycheck. And or assistance. Chemical.
2: I don't know. I mean, if you... If that was one of us, we would want to play the whole night too. That's yeah, true. I, I would love to, yeah, especially
0: if I, could, if, you're into if I could work it, it out and get yeah. away with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But if you reach the point where you were like, you know, burned out, you're like, man, I played these songs so many times, it sucks. But the money's good. It's like, at what point do you finally just say, ah? Unless he was like, if he was totally into it, that would be like a dream gig. Man. I'm sure he I mean, was. Three, I'm three different sure it shows. Was. Yeah. I mean, why
2: wouldn't I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, he'd yeah.
0: have to be.
2: If that's your job,
0: yeah. That would be sweet, though, to have like three back-to-back-to-back shows and just because then you could like exercise different parts of your artistic repertoire.
1: Well, we used to do that. I mean, it was like back in the early days when we were in local bands, you know, there'd be like three or four bands play. And then towards the end of when I was playing out, basically you'd go to the club and you'd be the house band. You'd play three or four sets. Right. And sometimes I don't know if that fourth set should have happened or right. not. But, uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're a little wasted now, so this shit may not be in time, but uh yeah. Yeah.
1: by the by the time we started a third set, we were telling everybody, please drink up. Please. We will sound much better. So <laughs> Yep. Yeah, the more you drink, the better we sound. <laughs> yeah, Whitesnake at that point was kind of more of a uh, blues rock kind of well, they, was, they hadn't
0: really gone metalish well, yet. Well that was kind of post Covered Deep Purple. So that was because I don't think the, the real metal stuff with Whitesnake didn't really take off till maybe like Slide Well, not even Slide It In, probably uh, yeah, the self title.
1: Yeah, more like the 87 album. That's kind of when it went sort of full blown, overproduced hair metal.
0: But I think Slide Ish. It In was kind of the beginning with like John Sykes. And then that's yeah. when they went back to a lot of those old Whitesnake albums and like sort of cherry picking. Like I think uh, Here I Go Again was one that was off one of the earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, it oh, was okay. it was one they went back and kind of redid and then. I think they've done that with a handful. But yeah, the 87, the self-titled one, I think, was when they kind of really dipped into the, the metal pool. Before that, they were just peeing in the rock pool, and then they finally jumped in and peed in the metal pool in 1987. Yeah, what,
1: well, the album after that? What was that, Slip of the Tongue? And they got yeah, Steve, Steve I. I was on yeah. that one,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. That was before, <laughs> uh, before he did Passion and Warfare, which David Coverdale was on. Popular songs in 1980. Holy uh, shit, I haven't heard many of these. Well, some of them I have. I wonder if they were on the radio. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Come on, son. I know you've heard acdc dc Oh yeah. <laughs> Get off your ass and come down here. It
1: would have been cool to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, I don't know what kind of. You know, I would not paying attention to the radio that much in 1980. It's six years old, but can you imagine hearing some stuff like this on the radio. I mean, yeah, that would be badass. Would have been really cool.
0: this there's a memory that floats around in my brain and and sometimes it it doesn't haunt me but it keeps coming up but i swear i remember as a kid seeing the video i think for neon nights with dio like the the sabbath dio like back in the day and i don't know if it was like footage from live evil or if it was like just the video they released for it but i remember it because he had like the kind of wizard sleeve shit and kind of like the count you know, like the Count from Sesame Street kind of little things over his neck, be like the cape or the cloak or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, it's like it just sticks with me. And I think, okay, was I somewhere as a kid watching Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath on a video and I didn't even know it? Well, honestly, I don't think a lot of these songs were playing on the radio.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here.
2: Oh, yeah. Probably not. I mean, I don't think they were playing Black Sabbath on the radio.
1: I know. I've heard a lot of people say they used to hear uh, a lot more Priest and Maiden on the
0: radio here. I used, know, but I don't. I, I don't know about some hear, of this stuff, especially Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing Maiden. I remember hearing Ace's High on the radio. I remember I'm hearing The Trooper free. on the radio. The Trooper, yes. Ninety Six Rock used to have balls. I remember they used. That's that's an Atlanta station, by the way, a dead Atlanta station. But yeah, they used to play. The Trooper, Aces High. At, at like one in the morning or no, something? <laughs> no, they would play it on the air back when they were playing like Motley Crue and a bunch of other different metal shit. But that's devil music, man. I know. You can't play that so during the day. Good. Back when people weren't so scared. Look, the devil yeah. exists all the time. No, You'll need to the remember devil's that. just at
2: nighttime. No, you can only do devil everywhere. stuff at nighttime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the devil oh, yeah, exists 24-7. Seven.
1: Neon Knights, Dot Young, Heaven and Hell. Yes. Iron Maiden, you got Running Free and Sanctuary, Priest.
2: Breaking the law, breaking the, the, the law, law.
0: breaking the law. How's the Rage not on there? That's on Beer Steel, right? Uh, uh, the Rage should have been on there. It's a killer song. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Let's we'll say it he is, and if I'm wrong, I'll change the show notes. Which, by the way, the show notes explain a lot as we yeah. previously well, said. well, we know this one was on the radio. Spirit, the spirit of Radio. Of radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how could still, the Spirit, it's still on the radio, how could the spirit of Radio not be on the radio? It would be the dead spirit of radio. Of course, yeah. You,
1: I mean, you still hear some of the Crowley or Crazy Train, you know. Oh, yeah. that, that pops up every once
0: in a while. What's to funny day, is that, I wonder how many people listen to Mister Crowley and they're thinking, oh, he, it just it sounds like a just a made up name, like Mister Tinker Train. It's like no, Mister Crowley was an actual <laughs> dude. Mr. Tinker Train. Go look him up. I think Ozzy's the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Check out Mister Crowley. Got a few more down here. Some Thin Lizzy. When did they disband? Was it yeah, shortly the, after? That was in the eighties, sometime. Because I always kind of thought of them as more 70s style, but I guess they did kind of crossover. I think they were briefly into the eighties. Yeah, think they their their heyday long. was kind of more towards late '70s. I love Thin Lizzie. Thin yeah. Lizzy's awesome. They're definitely the uh, killer stuff. Precursors, mm-hmm. I think, for like twin guitar metal. Oh yeah,
1: you listen to that, you can definitely hear mm-hmm. what influenced some Priest and some Maiden. Well, shit, even Mastodon's I mean,
0: covered Thin Lizzie. They did a cover of uh, Emerald. Wow, and Overkill, Overkill did too on um, the last one. Shit, what is it? It's got Mean Green Killer Machine on it. I can't remember. It's the one that they, came out after this most recent they, one. Uh,
1: they covered Thin Lizzy?
0: Yeah, it sounded good too. Which song? Uh, same one. Emerald. Oh, Emerald? That's yeah, a good song. It is a good tune. Very, Very good song. song. I need to. Uh, one of my goals is to listen to more UFO because I always hear him name checked. I know we always talk about them, and I feel. Eddie Trunk would probably be ashamed to even know who I was if he, he knew I didn't listen to UFO he wouldn't even look at you I know I like <laughs> a kind of bag. you okay. mean you don't listen to UFO sorry I can't do an Eddie Trunk impression but I do want to check out some Young Blood is the UFO song that was big in 1980 metal <laughs> but I do want to check it out you said it's cool right more kind of guitar-y type stuff
1: yeah, I've listened to some of their like early, early stuff. They got a lot of albums. A lot. They've been putting albums out ever
0: since like the late '60s. Oh, wow. they've really never stopped. But they've always been kind of name-checked as one of those like solid. I don't even know if they're really considered metal, but I feel like they're no, in that metal ground. Really, yeah. But aren't they sort of in that middle territory where they're kind of bridging like rock and metal? Maybe not quite like Saxon, but maybe in a better way. I haven't well, listened I to enough either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say some of their stuff is, you know, it's like some of that hard rock type stuff that was influencing some of the guys that came after that kind of went into metal but not
0: really overtly know? metal more on right, the rock yeah. edge yeah. yeah
1: Michael Schenker played guitar
0: for him for a pretty good while well I remember that was kind of where the I think the accolades always kind of came from was the fact that he was affiliated with him. yeah
1: I guess some events that happened in uh, 1980 one of the big ones
0: Bon Scott so tragic wow February 19th 33 Damn! It's like what? What was he? Was an awesome front man. He was an awesome oh, yeah. front man. I mean, Absolutely. nothing against Brian Johnson, but like if you go back and watch that "Let There Be Rock" home video. Oh yeah. Oh my God, man! That, yeah. that to me, I don't know if I've been to a, a show like that, like where you get the, the guy gets the guitar player on his shoulders, is like walking around right. and shit, and he's soloing. I mean, that whole video. But yeah, he would have, he would have been amazing to see live, just as a front man. Oh yeah.
1: I think he embodies that whole. uh Cock rock frontman kind of attitude, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. He just out yeah. there strutting and
0: yeah. doing his thing. That's what a lot made of him charisma. So fun. He just yeah. he just had he had these balls, and I guess even though ACDC were they big balls, <laughs> <laughs> even though ACDC's <laughs> lyrics still kind of was a little risque. After he died, all the Bon Scott stuff was really oh, yeah. skirting the edge. Oh, I mean, yeah. Squealer, <laughs> Squealer. I mean, listen to lyrics of that. Just just listen and then okay. brian johnson joined
1: yep another big uh death john bonham
0: lots of vodka for that young man so sad yeah he was yeah. 32. he was awesome Damn. i just i can't imagine it's like i don't know maybe i'm just a lightweight i guess those guys were like power drunks well i mean they were kind of living the lifestyle oh yeah every uh, day's we, a party uh, right yeah but I'm like, all right, John Bottom Dive, what was it, 40? I think it was like 44 shots of vodka, and I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, but when we were in our 20s, I mean, if we could party every single day. We partied when we could. Yeah. That's
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know I tried I mean? to live the life as best
0: I could, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Playing music and yeah. drinking yeah. and partying. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Obviously I not on their, their the level. Right, right. Yeah, that's a whole other kind of level. But if it was,
1: oh,
2: uh, <laughs> <right, yeah, laughs> then that's yeah, what if we you would were do.
1: shipping guitar cabinet loads in of uh, yeah. you know <laughs> you know I, I, I realize
0: that this might deviate a little bit from the topic but I think it's appropriate given the subject matter but what do you think determines if they get like into drugs or if they get into like women because like Gene Simmons from KISS it's his official name by the way Gene Simmons from KISS was never really big in drugs ever or drinking or whatever but he was all about chasing pussy but then, you know, like Paul Stanley and Peter Criss, not Paul Stanley, but Peter Chris and he's freely, were all into like drugs and getting wasted and stuff. And of course, Bon and John Bonham. I wonder at what point where you decide, all right, is it going to be booze and drugs and excess or just no booze and no drugs, but female excess? I'm going for both. Yeah. I mean, why not do all <laughs> of it? At least that's where Van Halen got it right. You know?
2: I, I would imagine <laughs> most people went with went with both. Both. Yeah. yeah.
0: Both. Both. <laughs> both. Well maybe they did do both, but we know Gene Simmons from Kiss did and that's why he's Gene Simmons from I was Kiss. say. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that come through the audio? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> sorry, that's my insurer. I'm doing that for my nutrition.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the big things in nineteen eighty was the uh, the Medal for Mothers compilation.
2: Oh, Had you know. a
1: lot of the uh Nawabum bands and they actually did a, a, a like a month long tour over there and of course never came over here but uh you know had Baden on there and all
0: kinds of bands. I think I got more of that information further down but I need to go back and check out some of those those like Angel Witch and you know Diamond Head, like you know, I know Metallica did a lot of covers of them and kind of brought them more to the 4A, the forefront. I think I used 4 A wrong. But I kind of want to go back and check them out. I'm sure they're probably... Or like Anvil, that's another one I want to check out. Probably off topic here, but... Might as well listen to Raven. Yeah, Raven seems to... They (laughs) used to always get name checked. (laughs) Yeah. And they were always considered to be, like, badass. And the Metallica came around, it's like, who the fuck's Raven?
2: I don't know. It's a bird. Oh, you got to get... Now that it's 2019, you got to get your head in that early 80s... 1980. Early metal sound otherwise it's gonna be like oh
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's uh yeah (laughs) at least for me like i said i was listening to that in album playlist on the way over here and yeah it's you definitely gotta all right what kind of mindset was I when i was i in when i was like 13 you know what i mean because this stuff would have been cool right you know So
0: I've even noticed as I've gotten older, like there's some shit that I thought was badass when I was like in my teens. And now I listen to it and I'm kind of
1: kind of like when you watch reruns of the A-team and you're like,
2: oh, when I was a kid, this was awesome. It was awesome. I don't want to fly on a plane, Hannibal.
3: I know my Mohawk's tougher than I am, but I want to fly on a plane.
2: It's like um, the Incredible Hulk as well. (laughs) It's terrible to watch that now. But back then, it's the best ever. Mr. Yeah. McGee, don't make
0: me angry. Wouldn't I, found,
1: me angry. I found that Dukes of Hazard on something a while back. I had the kid watching that and she was just like, this is terrible. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, terrible. it is a little painful to watch now, yeah. but I, I like I like the shit out of it. Like, oh, yeah, me know too. Know? <laughs> I mean, so, come
0: on, Daisy Duke. I mean, you know. Just a good old boy. <laughs> That's metal nerdry salute to the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> now back to the show.
1: Uh, they had the... Uh, Donington Festival, August 1980,
0: Rainbow headlined. Fuck yeah, I dig some April Wine. I'm not familiar with <clears about> them <throat> at all. They are interesting. They're they're like a more, they're kind of more like straight ahead rock, but something about the vibe of them is just sort of like a. It's it's very cool. It it has a certain feel. You just have to listen to it.
1: Yeah, that show had Rainbow, Priest, Scorpions, the April Wine, some Saxon. Riot with their swords and tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Sarticous. about the touch, but uh, 35,000 people were there. So Sweet. Uh, then April 1st of that year, Brian Johnson joins ACDC.
0: I wonder if that was a zinger for the fans. Of course, that was way pre-internet and probably even pre-rock press. So, I mean, people were like, oh, well, what the hell's going on? But, you know, you know a lot dead? of times
1: when a band, because, I mean, ACDC was on the rise, you know. Yeah. So for a band to be hitting where they were hitting and then have to get a new face, basically, yeah. sometimes doesn't work. You know, I mean, well, it's like a rebranding like for, for Iron Maiden, it didn't work, unfortunately. Talking for, about doing the blazer or yeah. when
0: Bruce came in. No, was say, well, when Bruce came in, yeah, it, it worked. obviously that was worked. It worked for Bruce. Work. That was a that was the ACDC situation where it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it worked, but
0: yeah, uh, yeah, because they were pretty big when Highway to Hell came out. I mean, it was like that was like the, the zenith the pinnacle of like the Bon Scott era because yeah. if the next one I think if he hadn't have passed away I think the next ACDC album would have been as a Bon Scott album would have been on par if not maybe even better than Back in Black but then you gotta think it's hard to even say but then you I know think because that's that still the death of Bon Scott make Back in Black so great because it was almost like a tribute to Bon Scott yeah as as much as i like bon scott i don't know if
2: i can't picture his voice on back in right. back and right yeah. Yeah.
1: and and that to this day is still like basically the biggest selling album mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's still like yeah it's one of the 50 million copies or yeah. something like yeah that. i think
0: i think it's transcended pretty much genre or anything i think i mean it's yeah
1: i mean a lot of it has in my mind has to do well obviously songwriting performances and all that but the production of it it doesn't perfect yeah i mean it's just a solid clean rock and roll record nothing on it sounds like you listen to a lot of mid 80s the hair metal type stuff and the sound was just like so polished and the snare drums and you know just all that crap but you go back real
0: clean and it's raw that's
1: what i'm saying that's like acdc's forte you know what i mean and then it's like even today some stuff comes on the radio and i'm like yeah But no matter how many times I've heard every single song on Back in Black, when it comes on, you're like, turn
0: it up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and To me, it's got to be loud. But it ages well because the production doesn't – it's not over – because, you know, like you said, some of the hair metal shit gets overproduced and overglossed into the point where it's just like unlistenable. But Back in Black, it's pretty stripped down, but it's real clean and it's like just – you can't get tired of listening to it. It's almost like it's designed to sound good in your ears. It just—it almost
2: sounds better than the ones after that. You know, yeah, yeah. no, I think so. was
0: about to rock. It, yeah,
2: like the production, like everything, almost sounds better than those other ones.
0: That's yeah. one of those complete work albums for me because I remember the first time I heard it, my cousin had it, and I used to go up. And this was back in the days when. You know the PMRC was blowing up oh yeah and they were talking about all the backward masking and the satanic shit and all that stuff and of course my, you know my family I got an uncle who's a preacher well his son was into all this shit and going to these metal shows and getting these albums and stuff and so he had back in black and I was listening to it it was like just mesmerized over and over and over and over and over constantly and the imagery of it and the production and the feel it's just that's one of those you got to put that on with some headphones and turn out the lights and just put yourself there. I mean, it seemed like almost every song was a hit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know? a, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's crazy. There's not a bad track Yales on the album. Bells,
0: you should me all night long. have a drink on me. Yeah. I mean, they're all hits. Back in Black. I mean, Rock and Roll and Noise Pollution. Right. I'm not sure what they didn't play. I think they might have even played <laughs> Shake a Leg on the radio, yeah. which I yeah, love that fucking song. Probably probably not uh, Let Me Put My Love Into You. I'm sure they <laughs> didn't put that on the radio. <laughs> yeah. What's I
2: he talking about? Know.
0: Cake? Knife? What is that? Hmm. Matt uh, wants some cake. For all of the uh,
1: guitar shredder nerds, that's when uh, Mike Varney founded Shrapnel Records. Wow,
0: 1980?
1: Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. All the, uh, gui- all the all guitar the, shredder all eighty The guitar shredder and, noodlers. Yeah, that's what his label did. They put out all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. They put
0: out like the Richie Codson stuff, the Tony McAlpine stuff. Yeah. Um, pfft. Countless, <laughs> too many to name. I mean, there were so many shredders in the eight. It was just like a glut of just these kick-ass guitar players that could just like you know do the weedly weedly. You know. Right. Sorry, that was a tongue solo, but yeah, I mean they could just do this crazy, crazy shit. But 1980, I wonder what the first release was. Compilation, naturally. Yeah. Oh wow, Exciter, yeah,
1: Exciter, 92. and Steeler, and Keel, Keel, huh. Keel. Chastain. First Vicious Rumors I didn't know that Yeah Fifth Angel Racer X
0: Vinnie Moore There's some Tony Mack Oh yeah
1: There's that band Mars McAlpine Aldridge Rockin' Sarzo
3: Yeah I used to roadie For them back in the day Before I started Creator A lot of really nice guys It was back when Tony McAlpine Had hair
1: I had this tape Cacophony Remember that Yeah that was back Marty Friedman And uh, Jason Becker Yeah That was some cool stuff marty
0: friedman all kinds of good stuff all kinds richie Kotzen, racer x gotta love the racer x michael lee ferkins that sounds like he's down on the farm don't it michael lee can you come out here oh, and that guy in, was probably on there too oh, i yeah. don't know Chris
1: but uh yes yeah, yeah iron maiden fired dennis stratton that's when they brought adrian smith in so they Getting closer to their classic lineup, Bruce hadn't got in there yet. But, so was Dennis yeah. Stratton on the self-titled Iron Maiden album? Yeah, he was on that he was on that, and uh, was he on Killers too?
0: Or did Adrian Smith come nah, on? Killers? Adrian
1: Adrian was on before that. Yeah, because Killers came out in eighty one.
0: Yeah, and then Clive so, didn't leave Maiden until after Number of the Beast. That's when Nico came yeah, on. Yeah, Nico came in on
1: Peace of Mind. Yeah. Bruce came in on Number of the Beast. Yeah. So yeah, by Peace of Mind, you had the classic lineup in place. And I don't know where this falls into the metal world, but... Uh,
0: snowy white?
1: Yeah. Former Pink Floyd guitar player joins Thin Lizzy. So, hmm. I don't know.
2: I <laughs> wonder what a Pink Lizzy looks like. Uh, or a Snowy Floyd. Or a Thin <laughs> Floyd. Snowy Floyd. <laughs> That's kind of cool sounding.
1: Snowy Hi, Floyd.
0: This is my date, Snowy Floyd. Hi. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now teased out hair. Do you have drugs? Are you going to the show? New concerts.
1: Yeah. yeah, 1980 would have been a pretty cool year for shows. Because different things I've read about concerts back in the 70s and 80s, like they would put bands together that you wouldn't normally think about being together. Like Kiss went out with Rush. You know, stuff like that. I always
0: thought that was strange. So strange.
1: You know, the bands weren't. So alike, you know. What I mean, because like later on, it was like Death Angel and Forbidden or something. You know what I mean? But like yeah. back at, back in those days, they would like they would have weird combinations.
0: Huh. Very varied. But, uh, what? Yeah, the Back in Black varied. tour
1: started that year, June 29th. until February of eighty one. They played wow. one hundred and forty four dates.
0: Wow, that's a serious tour.
1: First tour with Brian Johnson. Evidently, they had a big bell that weighed uh, like a ton and oh, it would man. lower to the stage each night and Brian Johnson would whack it oh yeah <laughs> that would have to be badass oh they played the Fox <laughs> yeah they played the Fox oh in Atlanta. man that would have been
0: way cool seems oh, like
1: wow. a lot of bands back yeah. then they, they when they came to Atlanta bands of that size either played uh, the Omni or the Fox seems like I kinda, sometimes
0: I miss the Omni I've not ever seen any bands play the Fox although I think I did hear Maiden play there
1: yeah they played the five
0: or 6 World Slavery Tour? Yeah, yeah, World Slavery. That yeah. would have been cool. That would have been badass at the Fox. I think Ace Frehley opened that show, yeah.
1: what I remember.
0: That would have been strange to see Ace Frehley opening for Maiden. With some rock soldiers. <laughs> hey, Frehley, Frehley.
3: Ace is back and he told <laughs> you so. I
1: was riding along in DeLorean's automobile. It's <laughs> like the worst lyrics, I swear to that's one of those songs I remember when it came out. I was like, I liked it, you know. thought it was cool. And You go back and listen to it now, and you're like,
0: oh. That's one of those where uh, the production was still decent, though. you got to admit yeah, the production yeah, was yeah. good, but the content doesn't didn't have legs. But it was fun for what it, it was.
1: And you also had the uh, Ozzy's first solo tour, Blizzard of Oz tour. Played 131 dates. Holy shit,
0: Motorhead opened?
1: Yeah, when that I saw... That cool. When I saw Motorhead open for... This was like in the early two thousands. Saw Maiden at Madison Square Garden with Motorhead and Dio, and L- Lemmy comes out and he's he made some kind of comment about being the world's longest running opening band, <laughs> <laughs> which seems fitting. But yeah, Joe Perry. See, this is where some of this uh, southern the rock outlaws? stuff, The Outlaws, opening for. For I mean, I dig like, the album. Outlaws. Yeah.
0: They had like three guitar players, the Outlaws, but that's that's such a weird mismatch, you know. Yep. And he also played the Fox. <laughs> so yeah,
1: the Def Leppard played with him. That'd be like
0: having the Sword
1: open up for Katy Perry. Say, this
0: makes no sense. What kind of world do we live in now? Lady guy. I, mean, I don't know from a money perspective. I'm sure there's some promoter out there that's like, "Oh man, we got to do it." <laughs> come on, get them down to the rib barn on Cotlaw, man. Mm-hmm. That'd be huge down there. The priest
1: came over, did the British Steel tour.
0: You know they had to do something like oh they had to do something like the army. I know they didn't since they didn't come to Atlanta. Yeah, but.
1: They, I'm sure they were playing. They, they had a little shorter tour, the only 83 dates, but. Uh, Iron Maiden open for him. Huh? That would
0: have been cool. That would have wow, been, been like on the Metal Fantasy list tour, I think, for sure.
1: I read a thing. This that is been cool. Shit. Uh, fast forward to today, but supposedly uh, Ian Gillen, the mighty Ian Gillen, not Ian Gillen, bass player from Priest. Come on, oh, Ian on. Hill. Ian Hill, yeah. he. Uh,
0: on Bass Player Monthly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he made a comment where he's like, he wants to get. Maiden and a priest together for a tour before they all get too old. Fuck yeah! Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I tour. was
0: like, yes, I'll definitely yes. want to check out that tour.
1: Uh, yeah, Maiden played with them on that tour. Def Leppard, Sammy Hagar, yeah. Journey, huh?
0: Scorpions, Scorpions Heart. would have been cool to see. Rainbow, yeah, Rainbow, wow. Saxon, the
1: Nuge. Uh Curious one for me, Johnny Winter. Huh? He's a blues guy.
0: The albino blues guy. Well, he was kind of, a he was sort of checked in, in guitar circles. I know he was oh, absolutely. That way, but that is still kind of a strange matchup. But I guess that was kind of when Priest was starting to go more heavier than, because yeah. their 70s stuff was more kind of rocking. It wasn't quite as heavy as like the, like Screaming for Vengeance and Defenders of the Faith and yeah, right. British Steel. But. Yeah,
1: you see some of the old uh, pictures or concert footage of Priest back then. Halford's wearing like these, Flowy kind of shirts, you know. And oh boy, that was before the studs and leather came out.
0: <laughs> yeah, a different it? side of Robert Halford. Robert Roberto Halford. This is where the Southern Rock thing hits again. Molly Hatchet opening for Priest. Come on, you got to admit the the Molly Hatchet album covers. Oh yeah, their album covers are badass. They're metal as fuck, man. You can't <laughs> like you can't look at Flirt One Disaster and tell me that's not a goddamn <laughs> metal <laughs> album cover. That's, that's like Phil and Selma approved right there. It's like hell yeah, that's
1: metal. Yeah, Def Leppard had the On Through the Night World Tour, played 139 dates.
2: Not classic rock, by the way.
1: <laughs> for uh, that's a side note for certain people. Yeah, that's
3: to settle a <clears throat> dispute.
0: Anyway, moving on.
1: Uh, they uh, the European leg of that tour, they were headlining. When they came over here, they were opening. Interesting. Uh, they opened for the Priest and the Nuge scorpions molly hatchet again jay giles
0: that's a weird right bob Bob seeger eddie money wait wait wait. so they opened for jay giles band i mean they had like what two songs i mean how did they open for a band that had two songs Okay, well that was def leppard's first album they had
1: you know i mean i know
0: but they had more songs than just you know freeze frame and centerfold yeah they opened for blackfoot Blackfoot was fucking badass. I like Blackfoot. Yeah, I got from one of their albums from you. It was pretty strikes. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Stuff. You, you got to listen to Train Train loud. That, I know it's not necessarily metal, but that goes in the loud category for sure. <laughs> for sure.
1: It would have just been weird seeing uh, Def Leppard open for Eddie Money. <laughs> that would have
2: been strange.
3: <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, I played uh, Eddie Money's uh, tour bus one time. It was really cool. <laughs> super, super nice guy. Did you guy. do a tour bus tour? You no, know, he, g- he gave us some low and brow afterward. Yeah, it's we did a tour bus brow. style. Uh, we- some of the worst beer I've ever had. Yeah, but, you know, free low and brow. Is, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> free free, right? It. Yeah. It's free low and brow. Yeah, it's, it's good.
1: Okay. All right. This is what I alluded to earlier on. Black Sabbath being the uh, the uh, culprits for Molly Hatchet. Uh the so culprits. They were, yeah, they were on the. Uh, they did the Heaven and Hell tour, 128 dates. This is their uh, first tour with Dio and Vinny. Yes. Uh, supposedly they had a big uh, electronic cross with flashing lights, and it burst into flames. And Tony Iommi said it basically never worked. Huh. So I don't know. Guess uh, maybe the big guy wasn't too happy about that. But that that was before the. Uh, well, like the Born Again, didn't they like try to recreate
0: Stonehenge or something? Don't you remember that? <laughs> that, that's you where the whole thing in the spinal tap came from right, like, yeah. remember spinal tap they were supposed to have like some song about Stonehenge and they brought it down and it was like these little, they fucked up the dimensions. So it was like these little teeny tiny. <laughs> well, apparently Black Sabbath, it was the taken opposite from that. I think apparently they tried to do some show and what did they make it like way too big or just didn't Yeah, work
1: one of them like had the idea we should have like a Stonehenge on stage or something like that. So like somebody made it like life size or something like that. And they're like, well, how can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't do it. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, European leg. uh, The guitar player that went on to uh, be in Man of War went by Ross the Boss. (laughs) He was in a band called Shaken Street that were opening for Maiden on that tour. And that's where he met uh, Joey DeMaio, or DeMaio, however you want to say it. He was the uh, bass player for Man of War. They became friends and uh, spawned Man of War upon the world. So So Black Sabbath is responsible
0: for the uh, cloths or, of metal
1: Yeah, the cloths
0: of metal It's almost disturbing, but yet I think only Black Sabbath could be You know We never know the riff Lord's purpose But he works in mysterious ways
1: They had a big North American tour Co-headline with Blue Oyster Cult Which would have been interesting I think they put a live album out called Black and Blue Or something like that the Blue Oyster
0: Cult I know they put out uh, ETL Extraterrestrial Live No, I'm saying there was
1: like a joint live album
3: Oh, like, like between Sabbath, Blue Oyster called Black it?
1: Sabbath. I think they called it a Black and Blue Live or something like that. I times. did not know that. Yeah, I taught you something else about Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I guess I'm just an idiot about Black Sabbath. Yeah, I'm pretty not much. too sure about you anymore. Look, hey guys, real quick. I just want to butt in. Look, if you want to get rid of Matt, I'd be happy to sit in for him. He's <laughs> totally cool. I know way more about Black Sabbath. I used to clean hey, out Tony's thimbles uh, and everything. Millie, what, Millie. Oh, what? matt sitting right there yeah i, I know but i'm just saying if you want to get rid of him <laughs> i'll be happy to replace him just anyway i'm gonna go make some pasta go back to the couch back to you guys
1: good hey you make some spaghetti
3: always is what i do me and louie are gonna go on a delivery later we've got a homicide okay. job to, to get into so anyway <laughs>
1: excellent uh yeah on that uh heaven and hell tour sammy hagar opened more sex and more riot
0: Tequilas and Swords, what yeah, was that?
1: Yeah, tequila, Sword and Tequila. <laughs> swords and Tequila.
0: Molly Hatchett. Yeah, they played the Omni. But, you know, that was, if you think about it, though, that was back when going to a rock show was sort of a, it was kind of a treat because it was like you wouldn't necessarily see all the ones that linked together, the bands that would have linked together. So you kind of got an opportunity to see someone that you might never otherwise see. Right. And maybe that oh, was yeah. the reason. Yeah. Because now it's almost like they they put everything together that's all the same which is fine and it works from a marketing perspective but I mean it would be kind of weird to go see like a typo negative show and see like you know Dream Theater open or something for example I, I know that sounds goofy but you know like if you're gonna go see typo it's like alright well, maybe have like some little goth kind of junior metal band so you know stuff that makes sense but seeing like the varied bands that were opening back then must have been more of an experience I guess like a Knocked at the concert Who knows what we'll see this evening Yes
1: Yes. Well, Iron Maiden had their debut tour Uh, They supported Kiss on their Unmasked tour
0: I bet that had to sting a little bit (laughs) Shandy
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it was after that tour Yeah, they did 103 dates It was a European-only tour I guess they weren't shipped over here yet But, uh, yeah, that
0: was after that tour
1: They fired Dennis Stratton
0: Got Adrian Smith. I wonder if they blame Dennis Stratton for going on tour with Kiss to promote Unmasked, featuring the song Shandy. <laughs> it just—you know what? You know the only—let's be honest—the only really, you know. the only really good things about Kiss Unmasked were the songs that Ace did. Everything else, there's maybe like one other song that Gene Simmons from Kiss wrote for Unmasked, but other than that, I just—you know—all I can think of is Shandy, and it ruins the moment. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, you had that medal for mothers tour that was over in uh Great Britain only.
0: Was that for like single mothers? could be. I don't like, know. Was that like the beginning of like gangster metal? Metal was, for mothers uh... tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was supporting the medal for mothers tour. You know what I'm saying? Mothers means mothers, mother. Yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> Courtesy of Ice T.
1: Uh, yeah, it was to support that uh, compilation album, Metal for Mothers. Uh, kind of had three main headliners, Motorhead, Samson, and Saxon.
0: 22 opening bands
1: for the tour. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Diamond Head, Maiden, Raven, Urchin, which uh, at that point Urchin had, uh, at Dave one Murray. point anyway. Yeah, Dave wow. Murray and Adrian Smith were both. I knew Adrian Smith was. I never knew that Dave was. So they were in a band together
0: Pre maiden, They they knew each other. They were schoolmates. They were chums. 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 Like, <laughs> chummy. Kind of like ourselves, eh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, but they were more talented, and they're still doing it. Oh, wait. <laughs> different. Sorry. A uh, lot nicer bank account. Yeah. Lots uh, of parents.
1: Uh, yeah, then you had a... Uh, this is uh, Led Zeppelin's final tour. Uh, evidently, Robert Plant didn't want to tour of the States, and he was trying to stay away from the press in England, so they're manager put a little european tour together it was only 14 dates uh it
0: must have been leading up to the,
1: the it was like a small there. they were playing smaller venues at a smaller stage setup and all that it was just kind of stripped down i guess i think their manager was trying to kind of get them to gear back up maybe you know sure. to, well
0: what was happening to because um, i know they put out coda like in 80 but like what was the last proper Let's up one album i don't know
2: was it in through the outdoor
0: yeah, that's a, I think that was like 79. But uh
1: so yeah, they did that little short tour and then supposedly everything was going pretty good and uh, they were starting rehearsals to come over to uh, North America and that's when John bottom
0: drank himself to death. Vodka himself. Yeah. He provodka vodkaed himself to death.
1: So that was pretty much the end of Zeppelin. And then they had the aforementioned Kiss Unmasked
0: I'm going to say it once and I'll say it again.
2: Shandy!
0: Everybody's going to go. I'm going to actually listen to that in a minute. I guarantee you. I'm going to have to just to get it out no, of my head. No, you're not. As much, I won't listen to it around anybody, but I mean, Thank I'll you. have to listen to it just to get it out of my head. Because but, it's uh, like it's earwormed me. And supposedly, this out. is one of uh,
1: Kiss's uh, oddball tours. They were only kind of in Europe.
0: Australia. Well that movies. was like right before the makeup came off, I think, or like leading up to it.
2: Thankfully I have no idea what the song you're talking about, so it is not in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's in mine and it's earwormed in a bad way. I've got to get it out.
1: Uh yeah, that that the unmasked tour, that was the first tour with Eric Carr, who replaced uh, Peter Chris. And the uh would be the last tour
0: with the uh spaceman.
2: <laughs> the spaceman. Spaceman.
0: So, um, that was the year, I guess, Eric Carr became the fox. I thought it was okay. weird when Kiss started doing the different characters. It's like, all right, so no, now we got.
1: Better go. than the Ankh Warrior. <laughs>
0: Come on. <laughs> Do you suffer oh from Fitty Vincenitis? <laughs> you need to feel the neck and touch all the strings finger them just so if so you may have vitritis
1: and then uh last on my little tour of tours here the Van Halen World Invasion Tour the uh it was to support their third album Women and Children
0: First I bet the, that would have been a fun
1: tour the band dubbed it the Party Till You Die Tour
0: so and i have a feeling tell what was, you what they were doing uh Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. I'm right. going to give you some hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Van Halen's going to get hookers and blow. That's exactly what they were doing. And well, what was
1: the uh, middle thing? I don't. Uh,
0: Van Halen was doing hookers and blow. Well, Eddie Van Halen was drinking himself into a John Bonham-esque <laughs> stupor. It was the uh, first tour where they had keyboards live on
1: stage. I guess Michael Anthony was tickling the Ivories at that point. Uh, uh. But... Uh, Hmm. Yeah, and uh, as far as uh, Georgia goes, they played four dates in Georgia. The Omni in Atlanta, Macon, Augusta, and uh, Savannah. It would have been weird to see wow, Van Halen in Augusta, Georgia.
0: I mean, you know what's and, cool uh, about that, though? It's almost kind of like what we were talking about before with Pantera. It's like they played yeah. everywhere in Georgia. I mean, those are the big hubs right there. It's like they, they were doing the Pantera tour style thing before Pantera was doing it. That's why... Uh, that's why you have Vanterra.
2: Vantara.
0: <laughs> or Panthalin. <laughs> Pantalen. I think Vanterra is better than Pantalen. I think so. We need to have a metal nerdery uh, pole. <laughs> Which do you like better? Vanterra or Pantalen or Panhalen. Panhalen works. Pan- Sounds Halen. too
1: much like uh, Sarah Palin. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going I vote for Vanterra. Vanterra it is. She's not metal, but I wouldn't mind seeing her like in a you know, black okay. T-shirt. Okay, all right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Hello. She'll be wearing her glasses or
1: not. I mean, never mind. I don't want to inject myself into her politics. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I just went there. Thank you. <laughs> good night.
3: <laughs> yep, uh, I just did it.
1: Well, that's kind of the end of... What I had put together. I don't know if y'all have any other
0: nineteen eighty tidbits. The only tidbits I had, I think we'd already covered. Um yeah, nineteen eighty, it was eight years old. And I do remember I think the first time I saw the first Iron Maiden album at the store, like at the record store. Kids today. What's a, what's a record store? It's where you used to go buy music before you downloaded it. But I remember seeing that cover and like the you know, Eddie and it was like the fuck is this? Because it was kind of. It must horrific. be good. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was That was the best thing about anything that started coming out of that time. It was like going to a music store or even like Kmart just to see the albums. It was like, because then you could get anything. I mean, you couldn't get like the super deep, you know, tape trading stuff in Europe, but you could get the first Iron Maiden album. You could get Kiss Unmasked if you hated yourself. You could get whatever you wanted to <laughs> at the store. Yeah. <laughs> But just looking at the pictures and the covers and stuff is just like fuck, hey that's as a kid that stuff stays with you of course now it'd be well, yeah,
1: I mean we've different. all I mean I know I, I assume most of us at some point you know you're walking around back in the day going to the record store and you're like you know you wanted to buy something, but you weren't exactly sure you had something in mind when you got there, you forgot you know, so then you just start looking at album covers it's like, yeah
0: hey, this looks pretty cool, you yeah. know what I mean it's like oh, more yeah. often than not that would draw you in yep oh yeah it's like i like that one that's the one for me i <laughs> don't know what it sounds like but the album art looks good i like it they do good drawings anyway 1980 39 years later time to move on to yeah. 1981 yeah, we'll do that in the very near future <laughs> that will be another <laughs> podcast we'll do
1: but anyway yeah if uh if you enjoyed listening give us a. Uh, Review, rating, wherever you're listening to it or downloading it or all that. Uh, check out the website. Uh,
0: check out the show
1: notes. Yeah, all that good
0: stuff. Let Tell us know what you
1: think. If you got any ideas for future shows, let us know.
0: Yeah, if there's something you'd Absolutely. like to hear us completely nerd out on, please let us know. We would love to do it for you.
1: So, yeah, well, you're, uh, I guess your resident nerds, Matt Bill, and Adam, signing
2: out. Have a good day. Thank you. Later.
3: See you guys. Bye. Next time. Next time. For real. Bye, Millie. Fucking Millie. Sorry. Come on. Next time.
2: This is Mad 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 Mad
3: Mad 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 Men.